You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 183, covering Facets and the Adversary. Hi friends, it is the end of the season time, once again. And we all know what that means. Do we? Well, it usually means a cliffhanger, but not so much in this case. Uh, not not actually a cliffhanger, but something very cool. It's cliffhang-esque. Yes, it is not like the movie with Sylvester Stallone where he's Thank hanging off cliffs. but Fighting John Lithgow. Right. Is that what it was? I, I For some reason in my head, I mixed that up with Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Uh, that's understandable, but uh, I don't think he got his mom up the mountain. No, which is too bad because the mental image of Estelle Getty hanging off a cliff... <laughs> Is delightful. Son, get me down from here! Oh, okay, I'll, I'll be right up there. Oh, jeez, that's my mom hanging from that cliff face. Okay, stop or she'll shoot. How am I supposed to stop John Lithgow when I can't even stop my mom from hanging from no cliff? <laughs> how did, uh, how did Sylvester Stallone and Tony Danza never be in, like, a movie together? I can't believe we both touched this curse idol and it switched our voices. I can't believe your name is Tony. <laughs> is it that hard to remember a character name? I just think it's easier when people know that I'm Tony. <laughs> ah, delightful. No one ever called me Sylvester in one of my movies. The, the Stallone Danza sketch, everyone. Except for that one where I played that cat that was trying to eat that bird. <clears throat> You're despicable. Wait, that's Daffy. <laughs> Different thing, uh, but we're we're not here to to make up wacky make 'em ups. That's that's we're not. Our, we're, no, that's what our other podcast. Is. Oh, of course. This one is to talk about Star Trek, and the first wacky. episode sounds like a really bad teenage poem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's called facets. Facets, a word that only teenagers use in poetry. I I I, I mean, the only thing worse might be to call it fragments. Yep, but oh. I think uh, I think TNG beat us to fragments. Probably. But Facets was, is, a, is a definite uh, second. Or maybe it was The Fragments, I forget. Probably. I don't know. The next episode, uh, the, the title was apparently the uh, result of someone winning a contest to make a title for an episode. Really? And it's still incredibly forgettable. The episode isn't, but the title is like, what, which one is that? So that's delightful. It's like, did they, t did they not tell them anything about the episode? Well, they, they're, what uh. they're thinking is in, in about 25 years, a couple of guys are going to be writing a book. Right? And they're going to want to remember which episodes are which, and we need to make that very hard for these guys. <sighs> Figures. So. Those guys are jerks. Yeah, they're, they're pretty much jerks. I, I blame Baron Wolf. Yeah, oh, fucking Baron Wolf. Yep. Uh, but why don't you tell us all about the episode What's Called Facets? All right. So Jadzia gathers all her dearest friends among the main cast together, including old friend and trusted confidant Lita, <laughs> for the unique opportunity of having each of them be possessed by one of Dax's former hosts. Except for the shitty little guy who kidnapped her that one time. Anyway, we go through all of them, give our regular guys a chance to ham it up and occasionally have different accents, and get to see Quark possessed by a woman. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, conflict eventually attempts to rear its ugly head when Sisko is possessed by Joran, the murderous musician, who the episode tries to play as Hannibal Lecter. Luckily, Dax manages to kick the shit out of him using techniques. Next, Odo is possessed by Curzon, and actually physically takes on Curzon's form due to Odo's shape-shiftiness. Dax think this, thinks this is a great opportunity to find out why Curzon washed her out of the symbiote program. Curzon thinks this is a great opportunity to get drunk and screw with Quark. 
After one ex successful night of drinking, Odo and Curzon decide to stay bonded forever. Jazia goes along with it because she's really good at just giving up on things. Eventually, she's able to convince Curzon to return to her brain where he belongs. Odo laments the losing the ability to have a good time. Meanwhile, Quark sabotages Nog's entrance exam to, the, to Starfleet, but Rom yells at him until the day is saved. More of this type of Rom, please. Yeah, that that is definitely the, the preferred Rom. Ugh. Look, if we're going to have him, at least have him, you know, not be a goofball. Have a personality and opinions that aren't just bumbling sidekick and uh, yep. whatever you say, brother. Bumbling? Yeah, that would be nice. I, I, but I thought it was your fault that this happened. Ah, shut up. <sighs> no, this, this ROM actually wasn't bad. This episode, like, I, I'm just going to go straight into my good thing. I thought this was a really dumb premise. Like, you know, I'm, I'm well on the record as people turning into stuff, people getting possessed, like that completely unrealistic, sci like, I can buy into science fiction stuff, but whenever stuff changes your body or changes your brain, it doesn't make sense to me. And this is one of those times. That said... They did a lot of really cool character stuff that completely made me buy into it and ignore the fact that I don't usually like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the actors got a lot of uh, chances to stretch. Most of them did a good job. I would say uh, Sidig Elfadil did not. Hello, <laughs> Jadzia. Please tell. Once you return to your body, remember the things I told you, Jadzia. They are important. Now give me some of this space popcorn. <laughs> Just awful. But but Kira, as the little old lady and... Uh, the little old lady who went to war. Right. It's actually a pretty cool character. Yep. And um, Lita as, I don't know, the, the chick who shows off her ability to flip. Yeah, that's fine. I guess they didn't have <laughs> enough uh, ladies in the cast. They were going to use Keiko and uh, uh, Rosalind Chow wasn't available, so... <laughs> Unfor unfortunately, yes. Well, the thing is, while we're not huge fans of Keiko, we have acknowledged in the past that Rosalind Chow is actually pretty Oh, good. no, she's she's fine, and it would be worth it, you know, to see her play, you know... Someone else. Someone not shouting. Although, I I, I buy that just about everyone on the station is Jedzia's friend. I, I don't think I would believe that Keiko's her friend. Miles, can you invite Keiko to this thing, too? I need another woman. <clears throat> it's only hilarious to have one guy who's also a woman. But it's... It's a little, like... It, it might have made the writers sit up and take notice that, okay, we've established that half of Jedzia's former hosts are women. We only have one other woman in the cast. Hmm. Whoops. Well, maybe if half your cast was women, you wouldn't have that problem. Mm -hmm. Th that said, the show handles their women substantially better than the previous ones did. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, but, but still, yeah, they had to... I will always take a Jedzia or Kira over, say, a Bever or yes. Deanna. Right. Although late Deanna, I would say, equals current Dax. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. I I mean, we, we keep being surprised that Dax was not as amazing as we thought from, from minute one, but uh, presumably... Whereas we were pretty that. surprised by how good uh, Deanna got towards the end. Right. So, you know, our, our uh, you know, half-pieced-together memories of seeing selected episodes are, you know, not always accurate. No. But in, in any case, most of the actors, I feel like, had a fun time playing, and, and particularly leading up to, uh, to, well, this is your good thing. Mm-hmm. So, we got Rene Abajois as Curzon, and he's excellent. Like, Curzon's a character that we never actually... I think we saw him for, what, like a second? Yeah, we saw him in the pilot briefly. Dax's weird little uh, orb experience was seeing him lying on the table about to transfer the symbiote. Yeah. Like, that was it. Yeah, but the character... Like, the character 
looms pretty heavy over the series for someone who never shows up. Oh yeah, he was he was Ben's best friend for years, and they're always yeah. telling old stories. And she's always talking about experiences she had as him. Like he's he's a huge part of her history. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, so actually having him on the show, even like this, it's like it was really important to get him right. And I think they re- like they really do a good job of capturing sort of how much fun he is to be around and how charming he is, but that he's also kind of a self-centered shit. Yeah, and Ben has a great little speech Yeah, about how, listen, I loved Curzon like a brother. He was fantastic. He was my mentor. We were, we were great friends, but he could be a dick sometimes. Yeah. And it was nice that, that you see both sides of that. Mm-hmm. And it's also the idea of, of the, the memory of that guy sort of, you know, in being able to entice Odo into becoming this new person, like... It's really interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. And again, I'm not a fan of someone living in someone else's body that just no. in, a, in a science fiction show, let's say. I mean, in a in a show where there's magic or whatever, it's fine. Like on Buffy, it was okay. Uh, the the Steve Martin Lily Tomlin movie, All of Me, I quite mm-hmm. enjoyed as a child. Like I, I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I I can get into the idea. It's just well, usually on science fiction, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, who doesn't love a good Lily Tomlin movie? I well. I, I like a good Lily Tomlin movie. I, I right. don't know that that was a good one, but I liked it as a kid. <laughs> of course, I liked the guy with the horrible, funny, in retrospect, racist accent. But, you know. Yeah. As a kid, I, you know, what are you going to do? The racist rom of the movie? <laughs> he wasn't that bad. <laughs> oh, that's nobody's, a plus. Nobody's that bad. <laughs> but no, and, and in particular, I would say René Auberginois has, uh, has an opportunity to play stuff he doesn't get to play as Odo. Yeah. Which is great, because this guy is very well-rounded. I've seen him in a lot of different stuff playing not just the gruff, sarcastic guy. No. And it's nice to see him be able to do that. He's Actually, he's a very good actor. Yeah, he is. And Odo, while he's our, you know, between the two of us, probably our favorite character, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, although Cisco's way the fuck up there for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, you know, he did, one of the best characters on the show, one of the best actors on the show. Odo doesn't get a lot of depth, really. Like, he gets to be a sad variation of gruff, sarcastic guy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or a happy variation of gruff, sarcastic. You know, but it's always shades of the same... Gruff base, sarcasm? Yeah. The yeah. base sort of angry, grumbly kind of guy. Yeah. But, um, you know, as soon as he gets that Curzon in him, like, I love... I love all the... All, I love all his screwing with Quark. Oh, yeah. That's the first thing he wants to do. So, I the idea that like all of the scenes with Jadzia meeting her former, or for for her, for bleh, her former hosts, it's like oh let me tell you some stuff about about when when I was had the when I was alive. Oh, that explains why I do this. This yeah. this idiosyncrasy comes from your you know uh, tendency to do that. Yeah, I love that Curzon's first thing is ah nice to meet you. All right, I'm gonna go see what Ben's up to. I'll see you at the bar later. Yeah, first hey co- hey wait come back. <laughs> First, I'm going to go look up my very best friend who I miss. Then I'm going to get so drunk. Then I'm going to go fuck with Quark because I still got some Odo thoughts in here. <laughs> I I liked that. I like that. That okay. It doesn't make sense to me. Like again, I'm. This is the last time I'm going to say that. It doesn't. Mm. Like none of this makes sense to me. Particularly how this process would work with a changeling when they're, you know, when their anatomy is so different. And actually, my bad thing was how the fuck does he get drunk? That is a question. I don't, I, I don't understand. But uh, you know, again, suspension of disbelief when good character stuff happens is is generally a thing I do, and that's the case here. But but I do like 
the the dramatic setup of the two characters sort of living simultaneously, realizing that they sort of give each other things that the other didn't have. Mm-hmm. Particularly Odo having, you know, being able to have fun. Yeah. It's it's cool. I like that. Well, and I love when uh, Jadzia walks in on uh, on Curzon in uh, Odo's quarters, and he's just like, yeah, I was just being in a liquid state. It was fucking nuts. Yeah, he does this cool thing where he's like, Peeking his head up over all the weird curves of those those uh, uh, sculptures he's got in his quarters. Uh, like, Odo's jungle gym? Yeah, he's like, this is great. Does this pole this... still work? <laughs> <laughs> we, we should stay here tonight. <laughs> I, think this, uh, I think this runabout should be condemned. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> It's it's fantastic though, and it's a great melding of of guys that you can totally see, you know, being together. Mm-hmm. I like that, and I really like that the main danger of the episode is uh, Jadzia's daddy issues with Curzon. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's the central conflict. I like that a lot, and you know, we thought it was going to be something else, and it wasn't. Well, which is well they do that scene where like it seems very obvious that uh, like at. Like, the episode's set up weird, where it's like the first two acts are seem like just set up. Yeah, we do a long uh, sequence of meeting each of the hosts, and while yeah. on the one hand, structurally, that is a little weird, on the other hand, we have talked about Dax's, what, seven hosts before, mm-hmm. and it's like, this is probably the only chance we get to meet these guys, and, you know, we, we should probably explore this a little, and they just mm-hmm. they kind of take their time getting there, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, um... But uh, they set it up like the episode's going to be about uh, Cisco being possessed by the evil musician. Right. And then Jadzia just kicks the shit out of him and it's over. Yeah, and I honestly thought Jadzia was going to yell for security as soon as mm. he, like, tricked his way out. And, and instead she just, like, fucking crisping glovers him in the face a few times. Yeah. But I love the idea that they set this up as, like, okay, people are going to think this is what the episode's about. It's going to be about... Uh, one yeah. of Dax's old hosts taking over the station. I feel like that was deliberate. I feel like that was a nice bait and switch to get us thinking that. Yeah. And then not doing that. Because it's it's such a it's such an obvious like Star Trek thing to do, you yeah. know? Make Cisco be evil again. Yeah. And the show has done a good job, I would say, of being aware of those tropes and uh, for the most part avoiding them. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, great job. Um apparently the original takes of Cisco as uh, Duran were too scary. Like he was way creepy. And th- there's a quote from some production assistant or something saying, "Yeah, we we can't use that." I I was reading that it's like he bar- he talked in barely a whisper and yeah. was just like everyone was freaked out. Well, you know how intense that guy can be. Oh, I know how intense that guy can get. I, I, just when he's being a a, a mostly fun loving kind of you know mm-hmm. good at his job, but also goes home and be's a good dad, like you know. Imagine if he just gets to let all that go and become a fucking psycho. Like, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that always bugged me about this one is that the episode that introduces uh, Duran, yeah. I never really th- saw him as the creepy Hannibal Lecter type guy, you know? Yeah, and the thing is, this was 1995. It was only, a f- like, f- I guess three or four, ye- four years after uh, Silence of the Lambs, and everyone was still very much, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're doing it even now. They did it with the con scenes in uh, Into Darkness. Oh, yeah. That having the guy in a glass or transparent cage in front of the person who's scared of them and they're taunting them and they're getting inside their head, that is that is such a cliche now. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see them, you know, wanting to do that. Yeah, but, but my really my point, just my point is that they set that guy up as someone who, you know, killed someone in a fit of passion. Right. Not real, but he's not like a, he, he never really felt like a psychopath to me, you know? No. 
who's just going to go out and just kill all the people. No, and now he's, you know, now he's just crazy and, and you know, psychotic. Ah, I... Jadzia, we must stop meeting like this. People will think we're in love. <laughs> what did he say? Multiple more in the next set. <laughs> No, I, I, but I do like the scene. Like while, while it definitely was playing on that riff, the mm. the acting choices that that Avery Brooks made, you know, take two choices. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and it, some of the stuff it offered into into Dax, you realize she's not really scared of him anymore. She's trying to incorporate that into her personality. This yeah. is part of me. It's a little dark. It's a little scary. But you know what? It's in the mix. So I'm, I get a look at this in the eye, and that's mm. that's cool. I like that. Yeah. And then the the one she's actually terrified of is the one she has daddy issues about. Yeah. Which I like. Fucking... That's that's way more like psychologically accurate to me. Yeah. That I was so I was so creeped out. We I didn't actually bring this up in the uh, summary and I probably should have. The reason we finally get the reason why uh, Curzon washed her out of the program. Right. Which is that he was into her. Right, which you said sounded a little incesty to you. It felt real it felt really creepy to me. But she was not in line to take the Dax symbiote at that point, she was just in the program. See, and I get that. It just, it feels like, it, it it's hard I mean, to it's explain. it's inappropriate it. because he's way older than her, but beyond that. There's that too, but I don't know, it's just this, the fact that they share a body or something. Well, or it makes a body, it creepy like in retrospect, a, yeah. but at the time. Yeah, I guess it's not, it just, it feels so, bleh, Well, you know? and the whole thing is, Curzon realized that. Mm-hmm. And realized he couldn't make an objective, like, decision because he was way into her and not just wanted to sleep with her. He was apparently in love with her. Yeah. Because as he got to know her, he realized, wow, she's really smart. She's she's super capable. She's, yeah. like, on top of being super hot. She's just, she's fantastic. She's mm-hmm. the whole package. I I cannot in good conscience approve her for the program because obviously I'm, I'm biased, so I'm, I'm just going to throw her out. Because I'm a gross old man. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, if Captain Kirk had lived to age 80, he would have been mm-hmm. like Curzon. That's true. Like, he's very much in the Kirk mold to me. Yeah. He is larger than life. Everyone who's been around him has a story to tell about him, but he's also kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I kind of wonder if they would get along or if there'd be too much sort of alpha male competition. Yeah, them. that always feels like that with uh, when Kirk's with anyone. It's like, no, me. Yeah, exactly. That's why I hang out with these two guys. One of whom doesn't really have a personality. Yeah. And and the other one who's just kind of a cranky old man and lets me do what I want. Yeah. This is where I can shine. Right. I'm Captain Kirk. I'm Captain Kirk. I'm Captain Kirk. <laughs> not me, you idiot. Him. <laughs> Shoot us both, Spock. Oh, wait, we're not Actually there yet. said that. I know. He also never said he's not going back, I'm Jim. not going back, Jim. And nor did anyone ever say that Alexander had shamed his family by stealing a small plastic lizard. That's, that's my greatest disappointment from watching this show. Yeah, that is, you know, 183 episodes in, that still stands as your great disappointment. Yep. Mine is Beverly Crusher. Yours is Small Plastic Lizard. Yeah, I stand by uh, Alexander's dishonored his family by stealing a small plastic lizard. That's fair. Uh, so what was your bad thing? Um, so the meat of this episode really feels like it should be all about Curzon, Dax, and Ben for preference. Mm -hmm. It just, it feels to me like we waste way too much time with the other, with the other hosts. I would, ideally, this episode would have been just about, uh, Curzon, Odo, Jadzia, and Ben. None of the, uh, none of these other hosts showing up. Like, I would have happily given up any of these other guys, even Hannibal Lecter guy. Just to spend more time with Curzon and Odo sharing a body. See, I don't... First of all, 
like I said, it didn't bother me. It was a little weirdly paced. I'll give you that. But mm. It didn't bother me to, to get to know some of these other guys, to give some of the actors a chance to do something a little different. Yeah. But also, I don't think there's enough story there. I don't think there's like, a, you know, four acts in Curzon not wanting to go back, Jim. Like, I think they, they played that out just as much as they could. Like he said, no, Dax went away and talked to Benjamin. And then she, she got, you know, she, she sacked up and went back and stood up to him. That was it. That's, that's the arc. Like what, what else could they have done? I don't know, but they could have found something. Fair enough. Or they could have, I guess, amped up the B story a little more. I guess my real problem is I would have liked to have seen more of uh, Curzon and Ben together. Yeah, I agree. Like, the, these guys were, like, the best friends ever, and, like, they don't spend that much time they, that much time together. Like, See, they go I, down to the bar and then Ben bails. I felt like they spent too much time together, and not, not as a viewer. Like, I wanted to see it as a, as a viewer, as a guy who's invested in... in Cisco and also in stories of Curzon, I, I would love to see them hang out more. But in terms of internal logic, the whole purpose of this ritual is for Jadzia to get to know her previous host. And the first thing he does is bug her off to go hang out with an old pal. Yep. Like, it feels like they should have spent less time together because he's supposed to be there for her. Right, but I, if there's one thing I know about Curzon now, yeah. it's that he, the, like, it makes a lot of sense to me at the first thing he do. See you around, Jadzia. Well, yeah. <laughs> My friend Ben is here. I mean, yes, I've been summoned here to uh, to to talk to you, but I got better things to do. Yeah, come on. No, I, I I understand that. I don't really want to talk to you. I again, though, I am pleased that the, they managed to put together an episode that is effectively a magic dreams episode, getting inside someone's head. I fucking yeah. hate that. And but uh, they they actually did a good job. Like they took out her soul, like mm -hmm. the soul of each fucking previous. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. You know the soul, that thing. Yeah, that scientifically proven thing that exists. Mm -hmm. It could it just could have completely whizzed it down its leg, and it really did a good job. No. I would say. And okay, I'll I'll give you that. It did sort of make the story uneven. It didn't really like feel quite right to spend time with the other hosts, but those scenes were still pretty fun. Oh yeah. Look, it's not. I, I don't think it's a bad episode. I just think it's a, like there's stuff that they could have that they could have spent more time on. Right. Like I would have I would have rather seen more of Curzon and less of Lita doing gymnastics. And uh, I want you to realize how hard that is for me to say because good lord. Well, yeah. I mean, I would have watched a whole episode of Lita doing gymnastics. Mm -hmm. Now, Lita, for for those of you who don't know, we might not have even mentioned her by name because she's oh, been on right. the show one other time. Yeah. Uh, was the uh, hot Dabo girl that uh, Julian was trying to hook up with a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, was it his old man episode? Uh, no, it was, uh, fuck, What's-Her-Face visiting the station. Right. He And uh, he hands Dax the pad that says, go away. Yes, the go away pad. Right. Which apparently Which... made an appearance in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I tried to spot it the second time around. I didn't notice it. No. Um, I really like the idea that there's just a pad floating around that uh, that set that just says "go away" that they keep insisting on using. Well, I'm yeah, and I'm curious internally how pad technology works since you clearly have to have a bunch of them on your desk. Mm -hmm. Maybe once you've locked it into that, that's what it is. Yep, he basically bricked it. Uh, maybe maybe it's like a Game Boy where you can change a cartridge, but it's not like you can just push a button and change what you're doing. Program it into the "go away" mode. Right. See, if I could just get a pad that said no on it, I would be set. Yeah, well, you do like signs that say no. Yes, and the only thing better than a sign is a pad. Everyone knows that. Well, obviously. So let's talk about the B story a little bit. We get, yeah. we get a little bit of uh, finally Nog actually trying to go to Starfleet Academy after talking mm. about doing that. It's a very, very small B story. Like, I think it only takes up a couple of minutes of the episode. Yeah, but, every time um, they need to cut away to something, they have yeah. something. But um, it's basically Nog 
trying to take his it's his entrance exam, right? Right. Well, it's like it's like his pre-entrance exam to take the entrance. It's it's he's yeah. still several steps back and it seems sort of tedious and convoluted, but we did establish this with Wesley, so... Oh, yeah, no, it took fucking forever for Wesley to get into uh, yeah. Starfleet. Right. And then he just left. And then, yeah, because he never wanted to go there in the nah, first place. Nah, he didn't want to do it. Why did everyone pressure him to do that thing that he never said he wanted to do? That he would, w- that he refused to shut up about for seven years. Right. But, yeah, he takes, he takes a test. <laughs> O'Brien has to uh, help him, you know, study for the test. Or administer it or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, and, and then he even has the, the realization at the end, shit, I'm going to have to call this kid sir if he actually yep. makes it. I actually, I like uh, I like Chief O'Brien in the uh, teacher role. I think he's good at it. Oh, I agree. But it is awkward for him as an enlisted guy training, a, 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 you know, a hopeful officer. Uh-huh. Who immediately will outrank him as soon as he makes rank. And who is a foot high. Also that. <laughs> Yeah, p- putting him and Jake together, like in the pilot, was like okay. There, there's a slight height differential here, but yeah. now it's like obviously they're just a comedic duo. I really feel like the producers were sort of slapping their foreheads when that happened. It's like, why on earth did we p- did we just happen to pick the tallest guy in the world and the smallest guy in the world to be friends? Right. <laughs> every you have any director, idea how hard it is to shoot these? Every director is like, how the fuck do I keep them both in frame? <laughs> It was a Cliff Bowl, like one of the guys they named the Bolians after, like one of the, the house directors that was around forever and ever. Mm. Uh, either this one or the next one is his last episode of the series. I, I feel like he just left. It's like, I can't shoot this Jake I, and Mod shit anymore. anymore. I, can't, I can't do it. Somebody get him a box to stand on, please. No, not Jake. <laughs> hey, now I can look at level two of the promenade while I'm here at the bottom. <laughs> I don't need that elevator in ops anymore. <laughs> Just step down. <laughs> no, you need to you need to teach him the the Frakes leg tricks. <laughs> like we, you know, we love making fun of Riker putting his leg up, but really that was so Frakes could stoop down and be in the frame because he's so giant. Yep. You need to need to teach him. You know, you need to have break Tom Riker out of jail for a little while to show him show Jake how to stand. <laughs> More adventures of Jake and Tom Riker, please. That'd be fine. There's a weird team up. <laughs> Well, if Jake started writing a book about, you know, Cardassian prisons or something, he yep. could go uh, interview Tom Riker. The two of us have a lot in common, you and I. My, I'm writing a book about uh, removable beards. <laughs> we have Tom in a, uh, in a glass cell. <laughs> oh, Christ. I can smell your Kai Wynn. Yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to, yeah. So, what else? Moving on. Uh, but anyway, that, uh, that, that. That B story wasn't bad, and we had Quark sabotaging the uh, the Hollow Suite uh, simulation. That's what yep. happened. And then yeah. Rom yells at him, which yeah. is a pretty sweet scene. And also like we Mike said Walt. at the end of your summary, like it was actually not bad. No, this is what I'm talking about. Rom as the protective father who actually gives a shit about things. Yeah, really good. Rom as the conservative or as the idiot. Yeah, not interesting to me. Well, like I said a minute ago, as the bumbling sidekick, just yes, not, not interesting to me. Ah, oh, he's so wacky. Yeah, but everybody loves him. Well, from the smallest, from the smallest child to the most senile old person, to everybody the, loves Rom. To the tallest child, <laughs> that would be Jake. Yep. I like your dad, Nog. What? I can't hear you from down here. But it is nice, and, and he he goes a little overboard, like kind of an overzealous parent would. He 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 gets Garrick to make him a Starfleet uniform. That was kind of adorable. It was. And then Cisco's like, uh, you, you know you're not in yet. You can't actually wear that. And we'll we'll give you one. He's like, I, I know, but my dad. Well, my, he's so proud. Yeah. 
You know how he embarrassing did. dads can be. And Jake's like, yep. yeah. And Cisco's like, hey, I'm standing right here. Come on, buddy. <laughs> I did notice he didn't wear the uh, he didn't wear the com badge. Right. Which I think is sort of his, uh, like, I'm not in. I can't do this one thing. I'll wear yeah. the shirt and the pants. Well, he also didn't put on any rank. No. So that's good. See, what, uh, what Rom should have done was got him uh, <coughs> that Wesley uh, rainbow jumpsuit. Oh, God. For his, uh, I don't know what I'm going to be yet. Well, the thing is that uh, Garrick's shop just exploded like three weeks ago. He doesn't have that much different colored fabric yet. Ah. Like, it takes some time to acquire all the colors of the rainbow. Thanks, Garrick. Yep. Theric. Theric <laughs> Nor. Uh, anything else? Uh, let me just have a look at my old. Did we, did we talk here. about Julian's ridiculous fake American accent? I we did we talk did. about Julian's ridiculous fake American accent. Yeah. Um. Had Quark be a woman? Oh yeah. Which, in in light of you know last week's episode, was actually pretty funny. Yeah. And Jedzia basically just gives him a hand job and says, come on. Come on, buddy. You know you want to. And then he just talks about uh, how much he enjoyed giving birth. Yep. Boy, I sure do love passing children through this birth canal of mine. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the joy of breastfeeding. Yep. But I I think my greatest memory of when I was was alive was being on my period. Mm. What? You ever have that not-so-fresh feeling? (laughs) Why are you telling me all of this? Oh, it's the things you'll want to know. <laughs> but I'm a woman. I know these things. You're freaking me out, man. And and other hosts of mine also were, were parents, so I still remember that. It's fine. Really don't have to, uh... Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a bit where, at the beginning, where, where Jedzy is doing the, the explanation. The, the, so this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And Lita's like, oh, is, is that the Trill thing? Blah, blah, blah. And then Julian interjects with... Uh, Lita's been studying the trill. Like, fucking, <laughs> like I, I don't... I'm, I'm not that familiar with the concept of mansplaining, as the internet calls it, but that was definitely a... Uh, Sounds about right. ...an instance of mansplaining. You're very smart, aren't you, Lita? <laughs> She's very smart. She learned that all by herself. Yeah, like, wow. Yeah. A little Wait. more, more uh, disparaging there, Julian. No, I don't... No, I think I got it. <laughs> Garrick, I want you to find me a fedora. <laughs> Milady. I'm such a nice guy. Not all doctors. <laughs> ah, current events. <laughs> so, anything else? Uh, let's see. Oh, um, I wanted to talk briefly about uh, the, the Curzon makeup they give Odo. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is apparently based on the actor they got to play Curzon for all of five Like minutes. a second. Yeah, that's yeah. like, I thought nice that was detail. really cool. Them going back to that one episode and just, oh, make him look like this. Yeah. Have it all match up. Yeah. And he looks good, you yeah, know? Yeah, and it's a good melding of you still got the Odo face, like the not yeah. complete humanoid face, but it's more like that. And he's got trill spots and crazy hair. And then, yeah, he morphs himself into like a, a wacky Hawaiian shirt or whatever. Yeah. Little Beetlejuicy. That's okay. Yeah, I'm all right with that. And uh, yeah, using using Curzon's like you know I'm a I'm I'm a party animal uh, knowledge along with Odo's knowledge of like that guy's a, a Tongo uh, hustler. Yep. To clean out a bunch of Ferengi at the at the Tongo table was pretty great. Good times. Yep. But no, he he did look great. It was it was a cool look, and you still knew it was Odo, but you also knew it was Odo with something going on. Mm. I would actually like when in that scene we have a like just a moment with Jadzia going. I don't know how to play Tongo anymore. <laughs> that would be cool. 
Just, just Quark, like, you're really off tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder why. Tongo. Well, gee, one-seventh of my personality is in that guy. <laughs> and he won all my money. Yeah. I mean, I don't even need money, and it's still, you know... That's okay, I have this barrel that I gave Dr. Bashir on week one. <laughs> all right, anything else? Uh, No, I think that's everything I wanted to hit on. You got a quote? I do. It's Rom, yelling at Quark. I know what you did. Take it easy. What's wrong with you? You know what's wrong. You reconfigured the hollow suite so that Nog would fail the spatial orientation test. I did it for his own good, Rom. I couldn't just stand by and watch my nephew throw his life away. You had no right to interfere. I've already told Commander Sisko what you did, and he's going to let Nog retake the test. You what? You heard me. And if you ever do anything to hurt Nog again, I'll burn the bar to the ground. You wouldn't dare. Oh, yes, I would. My son's happiness is more important to me than anything, even Latinum. Remember that, brother. Delightful. Isn't it just? Just delightful. Brother. Brother. Don't you do that again, brother. Why, I oughta. I've got half a mind. That's, he's got half a mind. That's a Homestar quote. I know at least one of you appreciates that. <laughs> All right, pushing forward to, I, I know I said this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm saying it again, one of my all-time favorite episodes. They're, they're just all sort of in this, in this area here. So, mm. so there you go. Tell us about uh, the well-named adversary. Uh, yeah, the contest-winning title, <laughs> The Adversary. Uh, Cisco adds another pip to his collection of neck pips, bringing his total pip count to four pips. I don't know why I keep saying pips, except that I couldn't think of an interesting way to say Cisco has been promoted to captain now. <laughs> For his first mission as a proper captain, Ben is ordered to take the Defiant to the territory of the Cathy people of Act 6, where their difficulties in trying on swimsuits has apparently resulted in some kind of a coup. The Kathy people are to this episode what Lita was to the previous one. Vitally important and obviously here the entire time who says that they weren't. Destabilized relations with them could lead to war, which the Federation believes is good for absolutely nothing. Say it again. So Captain Sisko loads up the minivan that is the Defiant with all the key Starfleet personnel required for a delicate diplomatic-slash-defense mission. Eddington, the guy who betrayed us on the last mission. Overly hostile, nameless, Bolian Ensign. And of course, those two great Starfleet officers, Kira and Odo. Ah, where would Starfleet be without them? Making routine repairs, O'Brien discovers some not terribly convincing neon glow stick sabotage that's rerouting control of all the ship's key systems and locking them in on a suicide course with the Cathy people. Weapons have been charged, the cloak has been activated, clearly someone wants to make the Defiant complicit in some Cathy genocide. Then we discover that the ambassador who sent them out here is a changeling, or changling, according to Matt's notes. Hey. And the rest of the episode is everyone being super crazy go nuts paranoid and chasing down a dude who could be any of the other dudes. Cisco activates the Defiant self destruct because this is a thing that captains are all the time doing. Welcome to the club, Benjamin. But thankfully, Odo pushes the changeling into some radiation and kills him, giving O'Brien the chance he needs to save the day. The Defiant drops out of warp, and the Cathy people are spared, and the changeling dies in Odo's arms, happening to casually mention that, oh, by the way, Literally everyone in the Alpha Quadrant could be a secret changeling, so suck on that for four months, people watching this in 1995. Have a good summer. It's a fucking great episode. That, that's, I'm just going to go right into my good thing, that ending. Ugh! That, that's it. That is the last thing you hear is Odo saying, uh, he said, you're too late, we're already everywhere. Yep. And cut to the exterior of the station, the end. Well, um... Now, think about that for a little while. Shit! 
we only discovered in uh, the Dias cast that these guys can can effectively replace humanoids. We didn't really know that about them before. No, before that, we just assumed they all had Odo face. Well, or you know, they could uh, my 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 Odo face. Yeah. <laughs> we we know that they can change into things. Yeah. We know that they're better at, than Odo at you know changing into more than just a mouse and a cup. <clears throat> but the 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 concept of a shapeshifter that can you know like adequately replace a guy never mm. really like that I, I don't know if you thought of it before but i just it never nope. occurred to me until they started doing it like oh yeah. shit yeah and, and the idea that and we learn in this episode they can actually change right down to the dna yeah which okay doesn't make sense the fact no. that a tricorder will register you as a human if you're taking the form of a human but whatever yeah but i it's, mean like what well, fine yeah it's just one of those things you have to buy into yeah but it's it's just it's such a cool idea this was I mentioned back when we talked about the the now legendary episode Past Tense, Ugh. that that was the first time I checked in on the show and I didn't care for it. Uh, TV Guide, of all things, managed to convince me to, to give it another try. At the end of the season, like six months later, I was like, okay, I'll give it one more try. And they did a good job of selling me on it. And I watched this episode. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm in. This is great. You win. This so is... This, was, this was where I started getting on board and watching it in real time. Yeah. And, you know, great time to jump in and then have four months to think about what the fuck could happen next well then at least you could get caught up well that well no back then that wasn't really feasible tell me tell me more about everyone's favorite character eddington (laughs) Eddington, looking forward to all the episodes he was in whose only other job was to betray them last time yep episode did a great job of making us think he was the obvious changeling because you know last time he (laughs) was the jerk because of all his betrayals well the only other time he's done anything was yeah. when he stopped the Defiant going to the Changeling homeworld. Yeah, but still. So, you know. That leaves a mark that no one else seems to be, to remember. Yeah, that is a little weird. Um, but no, Nice to was... have you aboard, Mr. Eddington. The guy that I trust. Because you wear that uniform, Kira's just like, yeah. <laughs> really not very smart over there in Starfleet, are you? Oh, no. I trust him implicitly. But yeah, it was it was hard to catch up. Like I had some friends on, like I was on the AOL chat rooms at this point, right? And uh, I was able to uh, to get a few VHS tapes here and there of sort of highlights. But uh, it, it wasn't like now where you could just go catch up on three seasons of a show, like you know, yeah. easily, or like read up on Wikipedia to find out what the deal is. Right, exactly. Um, I think by this point, Ron Moore was doing his awesome AOL Q and As though. Oh yeah, which are archived on uh, Memory Alpha and are totally worth reading. That was a hell of a good find. Yeah, those those are like DVD commentary before DVD. Like he was talking about it as the show was going on. Yeah, they're they're sort of like uh, the AV Club runs a feature now with some of the more well loved sort of cult shows. Mm. I know they do one for Hannibal, they did one for Fargo, they do them for a bunch of shows where uh, a community where the showrunner um, go through each episode and tell you all the cool behind the scenes stuff. That was basically mm. this back then. Like if you if you go to Memory Alpha, you look for Ron Moore's AOL chats. There's some really, really interesting uh, behind-the-scenes stuff there. Uh, but in any case, yeah, we spent we spent the next four months just imagining what Come like on. what this meant, like what what could that mean? Could could anybody like what if Picard is a changeling? What if yeah. you know like could be anything? Are there people are there people in the cast who are changelings? Like what is happening? Yeah, maybe Quark could be. Maybe who knows? Like in this episode, we developed a way to detect one. They do a yeah. little blood test, but. Um, but anybody they left back on the station mm-hmm. still could be. Garrick could be. You know, who yep. knows? And now suddenly, like, you know, Odo could easily be replaced and, like... Well, yeah, you couldn't test Odo. because You can't test him. Right. 
And that was my thought as they're chasing this thing. Is like, well, what if it's just Odom? Yeah. Because you would never be able to tell. I can't believe I missed getting on the Defiant. Yep. And, and I mentioned this in my summary, but really, why the hell are Odo and Kira there? Yeah. This doesn't... is a Federation mission to take care of a Federation-aligned colony. Mm -hmm. Like, what? What? It's like, I could see Kira wanting to come along just because, you know, it's Ben's first mission as a captain. And it's a neighboring system that may affect Bajor sort of yeah. in the long run. But, like, Odo comes in and is just like, I guess I'm the communications officer. Yep. Like, you're stealing a job from an actual Starfleet guy whose job it is to, to be, be the, the communications, communications officer. Yeah, exactly. Or, uh, I guess it's tactical now. I think so. I'm, I think the Defiant breaks down the same way as, as the Enterprise did. Because it was Worf was communications right. on uh, TNG. Well, yeah, because really, you know, running the phasers and stuff, like, you can you can work the phone and it doesn't require yeah. all of your attention. <laughs> Sorry, Uhura, it just doesn't. Do I get to shoot anything today? Wait, why does Worf sound like Odo? Never mind. Oh, <laughs> uh, or you know, Worf, uh, I, I guess you'll never remember what he sounds like because we're never going to see him again. Sad, really. Yeah, I miss I miss Worf. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. Anyway. <laughs> um, Now, this episode, again, one of my all-time favorites. Mm -hmm. This was like Alien, like the first Alien, I would say. In uh, in Star Trek, actually, you compared it to a favorite of yours as well. Yeah, it's uh, it basically reminds me completely of the thing. Just the idea of everyone in a confined space, literally anything around you could be the changeling. You can't trust anyone, mm -hmm. and it does such a good job of keeping you guessing to who the changeling could be. Yep, it's like, is it Julian? Well, no, because Julian's over there talking to Chief O'Brien, and he's fine. Except then it was Julian. Yeah, <laughs> and then they do this great job when they they pair everyone off. Mm -hmm. And every all of the main characters get stuck with a uh, with an extra, so right. they any of our guys could be with a could be with a uh, the changeling. Yeah, any of the changelings could be, or like any of the extras could get killed by the changeling. Right, like it's re it's it's re it's set up really well to sort of keep you guessing through the entire episode. See, I I thought it was a lot like Alien because you had. You know, just the confined space, like chasing things through vents and stuff like that. Mm. Oh, and there's it, definitely you know, that too. Like it, 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 but I mean, it draws on a couple of different like sci-fi horror, you know, yes. mainstays. And actually, in um, Memory Alpha, they said that they they didn't draw from the thing; that they happened to draw from a similar like mutual uh, source. Oh, as the thing, but uh, that because they were talking specifically specifically about the blood test scene. Mm about how that was similar, and it's like, no, the, the thing was adapted from a short story from a million years ago, and that's, like, this episode drew a little from that. Oh. Huh. But it wasn't a direct uh, homage to Because I would have thought, like, that blood test seemed like one of the yeah. most things, like, the thing. Yeah. No, they both apparently come from a short story from, I want to say, the 30s, but I, I don't have it in front of me. I yeah, I think remember. it was called uh, Who Goes There. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, But it's interesting, just uh, that... That it has its roots in something similar, but that it weren't. Because I mean, they they acknowledge that all the time. Like, oh yeah, we were we were riffing on this thing. Yeah. So I think specifically they said, the thing. Right, the thing. This this thing, not that other thing. No, that other thing who lives on Yancey Street. Right. Hey, don't you make no Star Trek episodes about me. <laughs> or or that other thing, which is the remake of the thing. Yes, which was also called the thing. Right. Not even though it was a sequel to. Actually, no, it was a prequel to the thing. Or. <laughs> the disembodied hand that helps out the Adams family. Thanks, thing. Yep. 
Uh, get but, back in your box. But yeah, I, I think we've talked a bit about how Star Trek tries to do horror and fails almost always. Oh yeah, well I mean TNG never pulled it off right. No, the original series went to a haunted house with a black cat. They they did a couple of decent. Uh, they did they sci-fi actually. horror, but uh, yeah, the haunted house with the cat probably not. Not the best not one of them. Yeah, written by the guy who wrote Psycho. Yep. So he really should have known better. Right. Um, but no, this is one of those times where I think because it wasn't straight up horror, it was just sort of borrowing that vibe, mm-hmm. but it was all set in the sci-fi world and, and used all the sci-fi, like it didn't invent a monster. It was a monster we already knew about. Yeah. And that, that made it even cooler to me. And actually that it looked really cool too. Like you were talking about how the way it moves around the ship. Yeah. I mean, some of the CG is a little dated, but you're going to have that. But mm-hmm. the, 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 yeah, the choreography of the way it like turns into goo and leaps into the, the vents. Yeah. The way it moves around, the way he... I love the way he turns his arm into, like, a tentacle to, to bitch slap somebody unconscious and then run away. Yep. Just a lot of that stuff is great. So awesome. And they're just... They're taking full advantage of this situation that they laid the groundwork for three years ago. Mm-hmm. And now we're, we're starting to get a payoff of, oh, this is a cool enemy. Yeah. Just the, is... the fact that you literally cannot trust anything. Right. And it's not like anything we've seen in Star Trek before. Like, it seems like the bug aliens from Conspiracy in, in Next Gen could have been that. Yeah. But they never followed through with if that. If they decided to do anything with them. Right. But they never followed through on that idea. They went with the Borg instead, which the yeah. Borg were cool, but whole different concept. Yeah. The Borg are a lot of things, but stealthy, not but, uh, no, no, not no. in the, there. The Borg are just the massive, immovable object, this this just towering behemoth that you mm-hmm. can't stop that keeps coming for you no matter what. The changelings are super sneaky and political and, and you know, working on manipulating you and yep. stuff like that. And it's just, it's super cool. I actually really like the idea of a stealth Borg. Yeah. We could be anyone. Could you be the guy with the giant tube attached to his head? Oh, yeah, that's that's me. You, you uh, me. no. I mean us. I mean me. Damn it. Shit. We're always making, I'm always making that mistake. Damn it. God damn it. I'm bad at this. I'm a crappy spy. <laughs> We're a crappy spy. Ah, poor Borg. Yep. He, he tried so hard. Is that like uh, Dalek Steve from uh, from Drunken yep. Time Travel? Dalek? I think so, yes. <laughs> Borg Steve. Borg Steve. Just a constant failure. We are Steve. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this was this was fantastic. Like I said, the, the idea of the Changelings and the Dominion as a whole as, a, as, a, as an enemy are just different than anything we've seen in Star Trek. Yeah. And I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. They're they're they even said in the uh, the Dias cast, the Romulan Cardassian one, that uh, these guys were tops on our list, and now it's just down to the Federation and the Klingons, and that won't be a problem we're, much longer uh, either. And now we yeah. realize, shit, they're doing something with the Federation. Yeah, that's not good. I, I also I just like the idea of bringing paranoia into like the Federation, which is a very sort of sunny, yeah. Uh, optimistic culture you know well and this this is going to pay off hugely in in an upcoming episode but but right now we're sort of starting it yeah and it's it's fantastic it's just like, like well we're this great utopia and we don't really need to worry about oh god you guys are head you, you you guys are sneaking in on us and it's it's interesting we were talking about the eddington thing about how cisco just immediately retrusts him because yeah. of the uniform this is a this is an atmosphere where that sort of thing happens mm-hmm and now we have a situation where you can't trust anyone ever. And it's like, how do you deal with that? Yeah. It's it's so cool. And they have a personal connection to a guy we care about, mm-hmm. which makes it 
way more interesting than just this unstoppable force. It's also Odo's people who he really doesn't want to disappoint and he wants to, to get to know and, and, you know, reconnect with them. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, we. I love how we talk about in this episode, uh, uh, Odo brings it up with uh, Eddington. Um, Eddington, no, Eddington offers... brings it up, actually. He's like, so this changeling, you should be able to think like him, right? You should be able to, to get inside his head and see what he can do next. No. Yeah, he's like, well, I, I wish I could, but no, I don't really understand. Uh, actually, no, no. I, I was actually referring to the uh, the. He tells him he's never killed anyone. Oh, right, that as yeah. a you know as a. Well, yeah, a no, cop, no changeling has ever harmed another. Is the thing yeah. I say a lot. And then, uh, oh, guess what? Yeah, he kills one. Not only does he kill somebody for the first time, he kills one of his people for the first time. Right. And he's also the first changeling ever to kill one of his people. Yep. That's uh, that's kind of a shit hat trick. Right. Which is a sports reference. I, I know. Actually, I thought it was a hat guy reference. So Ugh. I was kind of tuning out there for a minute. Sports, you say? Well, now I'm in. <laughs> That's much more interesting than hat guy. Yep. Uh, stay stay tuned, by the way. Next week, we're doing our supplemental episode where this all this past ten stuff is coming to a conclusion. Thank God. We will deal with it one final time and then put it to rest, because I don't want this to be one of those things. <laughs> anyway. Algar's hat guy. <sighs> the um hey, Al's hey, making us all hats. You're you're it's your hat guy too. You're, no. you're in this just as much as I am. I've distanced myself. Oh no. You hate hat guy just as much as I do. I do hate hat guy. Uh-huh. Anyway, let's talk about this amazing episode. Yes. Um but no, yeah, you're right. Uh, uh Odo actually goes on a little about his whole Batman thing. Mm-hmm. About how he doesn't use weapons, how he's never killed a guy. And he's never found a need to. And then, yeah, it all just sort of... These are the tools of the enemy. We don't use them. Right. Are you tense? Are you retarded? I'm the goddamn Odo. (laughs) Oh, we forgot to mention in the... uh, Because I was was about to say, uh, Damn you and your Tranya. (laughs) That uh, Curzon, in the previous episode, ordered some Tranya. Yes, he did. That's it. That's all it was. Yep. It was the same color. He did relish it, though, so that was nice. Yeah, as much as I. Mm -hmm. Um... Anyway, yeah, the, the chasing him around, just the, the all that stuff was just just fantastic. Just so cool. Yep. Really executed well, and you you kept saying it felt like a Ron Moore episode. It so did because you were well, well particularly with the the uh, promotion stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that felt very like he super gets into the trappings of of you know the military stuff and all that, and you know, you feel like this this should have been one of his, and it wasn't. It was no. it was Wolf and Bear. Wolf and Bear. Which is weird, because those guys have written some good stuff and some not great stuff. But, yes. Yeah. Uh, we find out for the first time that, I think for the first time, that uh, guys in gold uniforms can't become captains, but that you can switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember this, this will become relevant soon. Very soon. I, I will not spoil beyond that, but this is a relevant fact. Yeah. You can swap over to the old uh, command track. Right. It's like when you played uh, Indiana Jones and the Secret of Atlantis. You could play mm-hmm. as fists or, or what is it, wits? Fists, wits, or Other. easy. Yeah, easy, yes. <laughs> Puzzles scare me. See, I like the combat system in that game, so it worked out really well. No, it was nice. It was nice that you could uh, you could take the different paths. Well, punch this guy in the face. Fuck you, Nazis. See, I would trick the Nazis. So basically, you would go the Borg route, and I would go the Changeling route. That's right. Or Changling route. And they give me the, they give you the option to fight a Nazi on a submarine. You know how cool that is? That's I'll give you a hint. Cool. Really cool. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. Um, 
what else? Uh, well, let's let's talk about our goods and bads things. What was uh, what was your good? Oh, you, you, we talked. About I did my good thing, but uh, my bad. bad thing. Yes. So, um, once Cisco realizes that there's a changeling running around on the ship, he uh, develops a very simple order to make sure no one ever gets impersonated. Uh, basically, no one is ever to separate. You always have to have two uh, team of two people always together, and it's a good plan. Yep. So my question is, why are people constantly wandering off on their own? And you know, Dax and O'Brien are working on engineering stuff. They're trying to fix the ship. I can see them turning their backs on each other from time to time, but nobody else has any excuse. No, like I'm not just talking about like Odo and Eddington getting separated and Kieran Bashir and the Bolian that she spends the episode arguing with getting separated. Right. Like, oh no, we got uh, we got mixed up in the uh, when we were chasing the guy. Well, no, you guys stick together. Get some fucking handcuffs. Right. It's called the buddy system. Learn to use it. But, like, we also constantly have, like, Julian will just wander in. Hello! I wandered up here from the sick bay or whatever. I'm here to help you. And then well, he opens the door with the other Julian and, like, help, it's not me! Well, where's your, where's your, where's your buddy? Oh, he had to go to the bathroom, so I left him behind. <laughs> it's like you guys want to get killed by changelings. Do you want to get killed by changelings? Cause, is that cause... is that what is that what I'm learning? Because it seems like you want to get killed by a changeling. Because listen, I've been a captain for like six hours. Yeah, and I'd like to not lose any guys on my first day. Oh wait, that guy I already lost. Well, fuck. Oh damn it! It's a real simple order, guys. Just do it. Yep. And it kept happening, and every time it happened, it's like, yeah, the guy could be anyone. You guys, come on. Now, okay, on the one hand, I agree with you. On the other hand, you can't really do this kind of episode if everyone completely, you know, somebody has to do something stupid or it doesn't work. Well, no, that's not true. You can have you can have them get separated without them like just wandering off. Okay, that's fair. Like there's a way there's a way to cover that and it's not too hard to figure out. All right, that's fair. You know? Like the changeling's got control of the systems. Have him like close a door on two of them or something. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. We did have the, the great situation in engineering where uh, Odo and then a fake Odo show up. Photo. And, yes, photo. <laughs> and uh, I know Brian's trying to figure out which one is which, and it's a photo finish, and he just can't figure it out. Yep. And he, But I, no, I like that he just sort of shrugs it off and says, fuck it, I don't care. I'm going to keep have, working. I don't have time for this right now. I got, I got shit to do. Because you, you feel like the Changeling's um, tactic is to just stall him as long as he can. Make him doubt, maybe. I'm the real Odo. And yeah. the more he does that, the less time he has to fix things. Mm -hmm. And O'Brien sees through that and like, nope, I don't care which one of these real. I'm just going to get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> we had a great line where the uh, the self-destruct is set and, and Major Barrett comes over the thing and says, seven minutes remaining. And Cisco says, chief, how long do we got? Well, I guess it's got to be faster than seven minutes. <laughs> I'd say so, yes. It's just a cute little, like, he never would have said that to Picard. No. Well, Picard would have yelled at him. Yeah. Not really the time for this kind of joke, I think. Yeah. Oh. No, I'm going to die with Dad being disappointed in me. I'm Captain Picard, and I don't think you did a very good job. Oh, no. <laughs> That's worse than the changeling. <laughs> I'd rather be exploded. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I like that Cisco feels like that kind of a leader. He feels mm -hmm. like you can, he's the boss you can joke with. He's the, you know, he's... He'll actually show up at your darts game, and you're not like, oh, God, it's my boss. Oh, no. He's no, he'll show up pretty... at the darts game and have brought barbecue. Right. He's, you know, that he cooked himself because yeah. he's a cook. 
Fucking he's, A. He's a, he's, a, he's a cool guy. Like, Kirk was great, but he had his two best friends and nobody else got any fun. No. Picard was super isolated and nobody could get in until, like, the very end of the mission. Mm-hmm. And then now you got Cisco, who's actually kind of, uh, like, actually has a team that seem to care about each other. Yeah. They're all, they, like, you know, gossiping about who he's dating. They're all making jokes with him. It's just, it's, it's so much it's, nice. It's, it's nice to see them genuinely like him, you know? Yeah. We've never had that before. No. It's weird. And you don't need it. Well, you don't need it every time. No, but it's it's a nice difference from, uh, it's yeah. a nice way to separate him from Picard and uh, Kirk. Right. And, you know, the the fact that, that everyone keeps saying, you know, Captain, it's about time. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, I agree, like, as a, as a viewer. Yeah, but it's it is nice, about time. It's nice that they're all excited about it. And uh, O'Brien even says, the best captain in Starfleet. And I just picture Picard, like, waking up in a cold sweat somewhere. What? What did he say? What? The pudding, Will. <laughs> That's the pudding. The spatial anomaly pudding. There's something we've got to be done about it. Uh, I thought there was some great directing in this episode. There's really yeah, cool. It's a, it's for... a great looking episode. Did yeah. you happen to notice who directed it? Uh, I did not, unfortunately. Nah. Um, but lots of great camera angles. There's a There's a really good scene where... I believe it's Cisco, Kira, and Eddington talking about who the changeling could be. Odo's in the conversation, but he's sort of in the background. Yep. And you get the, the you know, you, you sort of subtly reach the realization that while they never come out and say they don't trust Odo, well, this is one of your people, and you're not yeah. really part of this anymore. No. No, and I like one of the first scenes in the episode, just as we're heading into the opening credits, there's a long shot of uh, O'Brien just in the en- just in engineering. Right. And he hears, like, a bang or something. Yes, TV, where you can't hear a noise or have a cough and have it not pay off later in the plot. Nope. But, you know. The thing is, the Changeling probably wouldn't have made any noise. It probably just was like that cat got on the Defiant. Right. But they needed some way to, you know, to tease the episode. Yeah. But it was really well framed is basically my point. No, it was. It absolutely was. Looked cool. They did a lot of, like, like, sort of claustrophobic type shots. Yeah. Just really, really well directed. Great job of making the ship look bigger. Yep. But at the same time, not feel as... Like, it feel very different than the Enterprise. Like, mm-hmm. engineering is more of an engineering closet than a giant two-tiered, you know, Yeah, like, set. TNG's engineering was enormous. This is no. not. It's very Well, a galaxy-class ship holds a thousand people. Yeah. The Divine holds, like, 50. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's smaller. Also, I really kind of want to play Tetris on the, uh, on the uh, warp core. <laughs> That's probably not a good idea. I think it's a great idea. Oh, right. It'll work out well for everyone. Okay, fair enough. I have no follow-up. Why did we come out of Why did we come out of warp? Hmm. Dun, 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 <laughs> Damn it! Dun, I need dun. one of those straight pieces. <laughs> Never coming. Kara's playing Tetris. Shiopu wouldn't notice, but we did. Um. Anything else? I, uh, I, I like I like that all this took place on a regular Federation mission. That it wasn't some super huge like. It could be important. Like, I made a joke about the Zenkathy being a, uh, you know, like, we've never heard of them before. Mm-hmm. But I actually like that. First of all, I like that there are parts of the Federation we've never seen before. Yeah. But also I like that this is just sort of a standard routine mission off in this direction somewhere. Mm-hmm. Not that it's, you know, like, super huge important war with the Cardassians or something. No, they. I think they wanted to give Cisco like, well, you're captain now. Um, yep. You know, here's your first run around the block as captain. Although it ends up being a fake mission. Yes. But yeah. No, I just, I like that this deadly danger happened during a standard thing and not during a, you know, mm-hmm. like not during peace talks with Cardassia or something. Yeah. I no, just, it's I, just some standard Starfleet mission. Right. I like that. 
And again, why why Kira and Oda are there? Who knows? I gotta work the phone. I'm the only one who knows how the new voicemail works. He refuses to tell anyone the new password. <laughs> well, he's very protective. It's Quark. Right. No, it's Quark. <laughs> it's got it's got sixteen A's. You gotta make sure they're all in there. I wouldn't yell at Quark with only fourteen A's. Come on. Uh, the only other thing I had was. Um... Uh, Julian the Changeling, before he reveals himself, gives this great evil little smile. Yep. Like, yep, it's me, fuck you, and then disappears. Guess what, motherfucker? Yep. I'm out of here. Yep. I never liked you, chief. Oh. oh. Thought we were friends. That really hurt my feelings. <clears throat> uh, what about you, anything? I, I think that's everything. Oh, my, my bad thing is yeah, give me your bad thing. you disagree with is I still think the phaser rifles look like a horrible blocky mess. Yeah, I like the phaser rifles. I always like the phaser rifles. Let's just hold a broomstick and point it at people and pretend it's a gun. Now, I will say this. I don't think they're as cool as the old original series phaser rifles, which I love. No, and I like like the Romulan phasers and I like like the, uh, the, the Bajoran phasers. But yep. the, the Starfleet ones look like, like little remote controls or little uh, dust busters. Yep. And then the giant version just looks like square and not like a weapon to me. <laughs> Make this bigger. Yep. All right. How about if I plug it into a block? That's fine. Good. Done. No, I uh, I, I love the look of the... Uh, like, I think it's a really cool take on the completely non-gun-looking phasers that they already have. Mm. Nah, I, I don't like Stretch it out some more. Give it two handles. <laughs> Put some bullets in that shit. Alright, so uh, my quote is yes. from the very beginning of the episode. We get a nice little fake out where you think that Cisco might be moving on or doing something else, and uh, that's this. Moving on up. Commander's Log, Stardate 48959.1. It is with mixed emotions that I record this, my final Commander's Log. The last three years have been the most demanding and rewarding of my career. I can only hope that the future will hold even greater challenges. And I just, I, I like, I like that he's a captain now. Yeah. Oh, Eddington actually has a little, a brief little scene where he's like, yeah, nobody, nobody joins Starfleet to become a lieutenant. Like every, you, you got the job everybody wants. Nobody wants to be an admiral. Nobody wants to be a commander. Captain's the sweet spot. Everyone wants to be a captain. Yeah. They, they, and they've, they've beaten us into our heads over, you know, 30 years of Star Trek at that point. Yeah. With Kirk and Picard. Like, no, don't take the promotion. Stay a captain. Yeah. And I think let, they don't ever let him take that away from you. Yeah. Don't, don't let him promote you. Don't let him move you. Um, but it's, it's nice. I think they built that into the show on purpose. Yeah. Like to specifically give us this moment to make him a commander so that then he could be promoted later. And I, it, it's nice. It was a nice, like, aw, he deserves it. He does deserve it. I, it was weird how proud I felt of the guy once yes. when you finally find out, oh, he's getting his promotion. Yeah. Of this fictional character. Yeah. Good for him. Show that's been off the air for 15 years. Yep. All right, so that is it. That is it for season three. Um, next week we are doing our supplemental episode. Yep, last chance to get in any. Uh... No, there, it's too late. There are no more chances to get in <laughs> any. Uh... We're actually about to roll into the recording of that right now. Right. So unfortunately, uh, if you write in, we won't get to it till the end of season four. <laughs> uh, but uh, still, write to us if you like. It is postatomicor at gmail dot com. Uh, yes, dot dot com. Thank you. Dot org. They, they wouldn't have known that. Dot egg. Dot egg. Um, website postomicore.com tumblr postomicore.tumblr.com uh, I think that's it buy our episode guide it is on postomicore.com click the button marked store you can buy the episode guide it is fantastic I recently talked to our pal Bob who uh, had developed our first episode guide in the form of an app 
Uh, all the changes that they've made to the new versions of iOS mean he may not be able to develop uh, a new version for the next-gen uh, version. Mm-hmm. He wants to try. It may happen in the future, but at this point, we're kind of taking it off the table and saying if you want that content, uh, getting the episode guides is probably the best way to do that. So uh, check those out. And that's it. Uh, when we return after the supplemental, Season 4 begins with a huge fucking bang, and our pal Nate will be joining us. Yep. So look forward to that. All right. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.